0: Hey there, it's Connor from the House of El.
1: And it's Ray from the House of Zod.
0: So, uh, as you know, this is episode 80, we mm-hmm. didn't plan to do anything special, but, uh, you know, it's just sort of fell in our lap, we'll get into it, uh, in the interview soon, but, um, I just wanted to thank our patrons, first and mm-hmm. foremost, because we didn't really have room for this little introduction bit mm-hmm. in the actual, uh, call. So uh, thanks to our patrons, Russell from Tomes of Evil and, of course, Tasman from The Aspiring Kryptonian. And I highly recommend after you listen to this interview, go check out her interview with uh, Mr. Johnson because uh, our interview was very specific. We watch other interviews and, you know, we just we asked very specific questions and gone into very specific stuff. But if you want like a great overview of like his views on Superman and stuff like that, definitely go check her interview out. Mm -hmm. and uh, i'll have the link in the show notes and as for the episode after this i will be episode two of our bonus Heracles series and then we have some stuff lined up so yeah i hope you guys enjoy this interview
1: yeah enjoy
0: last sons of krypton a superman podcast i'm connor from the house of l and i'm joined by very special guests uh adam actually hey adam i I don't know if i can call him a guest but i can't call him special so he's here
2: and i'm
3: i'm (laughs) kind of pissed today because i'm not we got this kind of great guest on here and i'm not like the special guest anymore
0: yeah no adam's we got adam's taking a back seat uh, we are joined by the current writer of Action Comics, Mr. Phil Kennedy Johnson. Thanks very much for coming on.
4: Yeah. Hey, guys, My pleasure. Thanks for having me on.
0: Yeah. Uh, no, it's, it's, it's our pleasure. Um, you know, th- thanks, Adam, for setting this up. Uh, Ray, Ray Zod's not here right now. Uh, time mishap, my fault. Uh, hopefully he'll join us midway through because I'm sure he has stuff he wants to ask. But, uh, you know, until then, uh, so why don't we just get right into it? Yeah. Cool. Um, so,
4: yeah,
3: Adam. I believe you had it. Yeah, we're going to jump right into the Superman questions. If that's all right with you?
4: Yeah, please, man.
3: Um. So, so I. This is a question that kind of I found gets a lot of debate online. I just thought you were like the perfect person to af- ask this. You got, you know, like a kind of a musical background, yes?
4: Yeah, I do. Uh, yeah, I, I play with the, I play with one of the military bands in Washington D.C. If, if the listeners don't know.
3: Yeah. Is it the the trumpet? Correct.
4: Yeah, I play trumpet.
3: I respect that. I love brass, man.
4: <laughs> oh, thanks, dude. Yeah.
3: Uh, but uh, w- with that in mind, like, what kind of music do you think Superman listens to?
4: Um, you know, I I saw some of this online on the chat the other night about his his love of the Beatles and all that <laughs> that was expressed. <laughs> um, I. I feel in my, in my mind, Superman sees culture through this much larger lens, um, and, um, sees it in the context of, you know, galaxies and, and, um, super long timelines, even though he's not that uh, quote unquote old himself. I feel like he sees it in the context of how things will be, you know, millennia from now. Mm -hmm. He's just seen so much of, of life and, um, I don't know. I, I somebody was saying something about who his favorite Beatle is. And I guess I to me it doesn't um I don't feel like he would have a I don't know, I don't feel like he sees them through the lens of like favorites like yeah. here's my favorite my favorite singer or my favorite genre M R whatever. Um I see him listening to just appreciating the the beauty in in all these different um and all these different kinds of music, I guess he yeah. would listen. I think he, would, I, th- I could see him taking, um, like a- att- attaching significance to various pieces of music or thing, like ap- appreciating the, um, connections that arise from a piece of music, the way that, you know, we smell something from our childhood and have these memories attached to it. I feel like he, I could see him listening to music the same way. Mm-hmm. Um, I mean, my, um, I guess I think if he's going to put on some kind of music, I guess I would see him listening, to appreciating um, some kind of orchestral music that he feels like will be around a super long time. Mm. Yeah, um, I could see Even? him listening. I could see him listening to you know symphonies or choral works or film scores or um, you know the the characteristic music of a certain region or something
3: yeah she yeah. kind of this I, is this I, I, is why we have sorry, why, why we have the, him on because most people just go like oh he's from kansas country music <laughs> this is this is a nice thoughtful answer
4: yeah yeah i don't I don't see him listening to um like hearing a, a piece of music come on he's like eh i don't like i don't like country right. or uh, yeah. you know i don't i don't, I don't really like 50s stuff or like whatever I don't, I don't see him being like oh this sucks i see him uh, finding the the, the um the value in any kind of music as far if he was going to put on anything, if he's going to put on anything, um, I guess my, you know, and I and I'm colored by my own biases, of course, because I mean, I've, I've studied, I've studied music for decades, but I guess I think, I think he would seek out um, something, something timeless, you know, like, like an orchestral piece, like, um, yeah. you know, Berlioz or Bach or, mm. or, or even something like newish that would, that he feels like will last the same kind of way.
3: Yeah. I do feel like sometimes when I'm asked this question, my mind just goes like, well, obviously he would like the things that I like. Yeah.
2: <laughs> but yeah, well, yeah I, I think that, I, yeah,
3: think
4: that's
2: I, good
3: do, I
4: mean, I do think that he would appreciate the things that you like as well as things yeah, that right. I like. and
1: yeah.
4: Even things I, even things I don't like. I, Cause I mean, to me, Superman kind of has this, this, the concept of Superman has this philosophical value. Like, you know, what would what would the very best of us do? What would the very best of us like? How would the very best of us spend his days or his nights or
2: yeah.
4: uh, he's just this um this paragon of virtue that it, it it does it is interesting to think about things like, you know, what's his what's his religion? What's his favorite music? What would he you know yeah. I don't know? I just, yeah, what's his favorite book, you know? I mean, it's, I guess we've, it's canon, you know, in the, in the comics that I guess. Right, well, favorite. that's the
3: thing, too, is, like, there's always an answer from, you know, 30, 40 years ago, but it's it's evolving all the time, right?
4: Yeah, yeah totally. Yeah, like, one, you know, was it, you know, Jurgen said his favorite movie is To Kill a Mockingbird or something? I mean, that's right. that that his favorite yeah. book,
2: yeah.
4: Was it, was, it, was it book or film? What did he say?
3: I think it was book. I think and it was book, at,
2: Yeah.
4: Think, there was, like, think,
3: a separate thing that was, like... Oh, they say he listens to Metallica. But, again, they said that in the 80s, you know?
0: I think that was sure. when he but, was young, right? The Metallica thing? I don't know. Maybe? I'm not sure. Because I, yeah. I can I, see Superman liking a specific Beatle when he's younger, you know?
4: Yeah, mm. probably. Yeah, I would agree with that. And when yeah. he's younger, I can see him appreciating stuff the way that we do. But then mm. when you see things in a much, uh, much broader mm. context... Like if somebody had the, the knowledge of of traveling, you know, like, um, you know, the way Twain talked about the value of travel and how it tends to, you know, yeah. kill our kill our biases and ignorances. Mm-hmm. Um, um, imagine someone who's traveled not just literally everywhere in the world, but everywhere in, you know, multiple galaxies and multiple timelines and, yeah. un, you know, universes and multiverses and like what would. What would they know? How would they feel about stuff? They're just I try to see things when I'm writing him, I try to see things in a much, 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 much broader context and give him uh, just try to take my own. Yeah. Ignorance. Well, out.
0: That's that's really great stuff. I mean, I I really love like the sort of cosmic, Superman. This guy's been everywhere, and I wish we kind of saw more of what he saw in the universe. You know, um, So it's really cool to yeah. see him out of Metropolis for a little bit. In
4: your yeah, it's, um, it's, yeah, it's fun. It's the contrast is fun. Like it, it's yeah. fun to see him in the in a group of people that he's that he knows so intimately, so, so he's known for so long, so yeah. personally. Um, but also um, see him, you know, so far out of his element, and just realize how many how many languages he's heard spoken, how many different kinds of species he's met,
2: and yeah.
4: how yeah. many different time periods throughout all of his different, you know. Time hopping adventures he's had. Mm. And that's one thing I really love about Grant's run. Anytime he run, anytime he writes Superman, uh, they write Superman. Excuse me, you get such a clear sense of how much they've done and seen, and how um, yeah, you know, so just, just yeah. so even even the term larger than life just doesn't capture it. Like it's just so big. Like it's that's one thing people read the uh, Superman of the Authority run and they're so wrapped up with the um the Kennedy thing yeah. and the, even just in that one story, the King Arthur, the round table thing just yeah. makes sense. Like, you know, he's talking about not just one Arthur, but many that he's met over the course yeah. of his long career. So, I mean, he's, yeah, he's, yes, he's met JFK. He's also met, you know, he's met the Beatles. He's met King Arthur. He's met, you know, whoever from 10,000 years from now. Mm. Um, mm. So, yeah, we have, Jesus. we have to, this- so we have to see him in that context.
3: But, I thought this was going to be a real quick <laughs> <light-lighted> <laughs> question, but that that's what happens when you ask like a, a question to a very informed person, I guess.
2: Yeah. Oh, that <laughs> I makes mean, sense. Yeah.
0: yeah. No, it, it's, it's, it's really great to hear. Um, you know, I love for me, I feel like Superman's a character more than a lot of other characters that you can put in any setting genre and story or almost mm. any setting genre and story. Like, you know, my, my little Superman pleasure is when they delve into like cosmic horror now and then. You know, he just works for everything. I think. Yeah, I know. Um,
4: yeah, I. Uh, it's. I felt. I feel. I feel the same way about Aquaman. Honestly, I feel like yeah. it's uh, just that there's this great unknown in the ocean. I would love to see more Aquaman horror stories. You know, like there's there's so many yeah. there's so, oh, many, yeah. so many kinds of stories you could tell in the ocean. In, a, in an ocean-based culture, that I think would make a lot of sense. And Superman is that too, times you know a thousand.
0: Yeah, for the universe, and, really. Um,
4: yeah. And yeah, Adam. I mean, yeah, I know. Like yeah, you're just asking, what kind of music does he like? And I sometimes I get those questions, like, what's his favorite? What's Superman's favorite sandwich or whatever? And it's <laughs> you know, as far as music, um, so there's so much to. Uh, you can get so much culture, so much of a of a certain person's culture from. Yeah. from their music um i just don't see like the idea because i I was actually thinking about that beatles question that i saw online i'm like the the idea of him saying well i like this person more than this person because x Mm. um just feels wrong yeah you know like that's not how that's not how superman would 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 think he doesn't think that way
2: Mm -hmm. yeah
4: um so it's almost like a it's just i know it's just a character but you can really use the character as a, a vessel for its philosophical thought, like, um, mm. you know, like, like, like thou of poo or something like, or, or, or like the, that question from Ted Lasso when they ask you, would you rather be a lion or a panda? And he gives this very unexpected answer of panda. Yeah. And it, it's kind of a, a look into this person's value system. Yeah. And for, for music as with, as with, painting or dance or anything else they would find the value in it and see the beauty and the culture that person comes from in that music um i do think that i one one name that does kind of um, pop into my mind when we're talking about music is um charlie parker the jazz saxophonist mm. and um the same way that i think of bach as just this timeless music that would transcend time and space like somebody could listen to bach the other side of the cosmos and appreciate the beauty in it yeah, yeah. And, and i feel like you could say the same of a, of, a, of a well-constructed charlie parker jazz solo um it has the same kind of structure There was this there was this professor that would talk about um a bird solo or a um clipper brown solo say yeah and and he would he has this really interesting way of looking at music is <laughs> it not a not a way that I really can, can can I I can't even really relate to it. They uh, they we would we would look at a solo and wouldn't even necessarily listen to it. Mm. I, I I hear the sound the, the beauty and the sound of it, but the, this professor would would go through it um, and show me the the musical theory of it and why it works and how why he loves it and all that. And he would talk about it the way an, an engineer or an architect would talk about a well constructed building or a, it's a um, he, he found the structure in visually mm. and uh, i could see superman listening like hearing the beauty in in music in yeah. this in this way that you and i wouldn't appreciate
0: yeah awesome yeah that's no, uh, great great uh, great stuff there um, yeah well, i i got to i got to keep moving so i'm not just stopping and thinking about that <laughs> yeah <you know?
4: laughs> I, I just on like, that one sorry
0: no that's that's fine no, that's no, a great no, answer no excellent so, um, changing ge- uh, gears completely, uh, as this is a, a very big anthology, uh, I noticed, uh, Pyrrhus, Superman's son from the future. Uh, mm-hmm. I, I saw, from my reading experience, I saw a lot of, uh, Achilles' son, um, Pyrrhus, and Mordred in him. Is that, is that a deliberate thing you've done, or am I sort of projecting?
4: Yeah, Arthur's son, uh, Mordred was meant to be. Yeah, there, that's, um, the House of El story. Was meant to be. It was inspired by the Battle of Camelot, the yep. fall of the fall of Camelot, and that's why the iambic pentameter and everything was all the way through it because it's it's meant to have that timeless feel, like mm-hmm. you're like listening to an epic poem about the fall of an ancient house.
2: Yeah,
4: and so there's a lot of Arthurian legend kind of stuff all the way through there. Um, the idea, I, yes, and so so Pyrus, of course, is the the Mordred character. Yeah. And which also is uh, also explains Cersei's role in it. Cersei is very much playing the, the uh, Morgan Le Fay role. Yeah. Um, and she's also done away with Clark uh in very much in the way that Morgan was meant to do away with Merlin. Yeah. Where it's, you know, in the stories, Merlin was was, you know, enchanted and captured and was kind of taken off the board at some point. Um, and that's kind of how, how Clark was, was taken as well in that story.
0: Yeah. You're, uh, you're yeah. telling had a happier ending than the usual Mordred King Arthur <laughs> relationship. <laughs> uh, yeah, no, no, that's great. And I guess I was thinking of Achilles cause I love like, you know, that's, that's another case where a son who is lesser than his father sort of, um, disgraces his legacy as it were. And I uh, just thought the days were similar. But that's awesome. I love, uh, I really love Arthurian Legends. And, um, you know, whenever they have, like, King Arthur pop up in Superman comics, I, I think that's really cool. Uh, any chance you're going to do some time-traveling hijinks and have them meet up, or...?
4: I would love to. <laughs> um, now, are you talking about Superman with the the House of El, or are you talking about Superman with King Arthur? Superman with King Arthur.
0: Or I mean, both, actually. It'd be Because, uh, y- you've been doing House of El stuff still, so, um... Is that is that going to cross with the current events happening, or?
4: Yeah, I hope so. Yeah, I have a way in which that would happen, in in a way that feels organic that I'd love to do. Yeah, Um, I I would love to have if you know if one day I I would love to have like a Dan Jurgens kind of kind of run where I just I'm on this for a hell of a long time, and at the end there's like this giant tome of stuff. It all kind of ties together. Mm. I I would love for for the. I would love for the beginning and the end and everything in between to all kind of be this this consummate run. Yeah. And if and if so, I would love to bring House of El into the run that's happening now. I and mean, there is a way in which that would happen that I hope I get to do.
3: Awesome. Very cool. As Superman fans, I think we're rooting for that. We're <laughs> nailing it, man.
4: Thanks. But uh, <clears throat>
3: speaking of like uh legends and you know myths and everything, I think I like, between you know House of El, between Last God uh, even like I, I read your your King Kong story before you started Superman. Um, I, I think you have kind of this reputation. This is the strength in doing kind of mythological stuff, kind of hyping up, you know, these big legends. I wanted to ask you, like, what do you what's your take on the the sort of idea that like superheroes are kind of this modern mythology?
4: Yeah, I feel like that's on un, That's undeniable. I think we've got a new yeah. guest, right? Is is, uh, is Ray in here?
1: Hello. Oh, he's Ray, here. <laughs> Ray Zod is here. Um, I'm not. Well, late, well, well. Uh, I have been trying to take over the world, so. Is that why be you were picking me. up your phone? Uh, <laughs> no,
4: no, no. Very, very glad you jumped in. I'm sorry. I know there was some kind of confusion over the time change.
1: Oh no, yeah, no worries at all. Now, pleased to meet you, Philip, and uh, th- thanks for joining us on the show.
4: Yeah, my pleasure, man. Um, cool. unfortunately,
0: Ray, you missed us talking about bark. so. <laughs> ah,
2: <true>. no way!
0: <laughs>
2: <laughs> um, so.
4: Yeah, we'll come back. I talked way too long on it, and we'll come to I'm sure we'll come back to it, and I can, I can dribble on for another half an hour.
2: <laughs> yeah, um,
0: Ray, I'll just send you the questions and what we've asked over Facebook while Adam and sure. Phil keep going here. Um, sure.
3: Yeah, Ray, you interrupted my very smart question.
4: (laughs) Um, Let's see, you asked something about mythology. Uh,
3: Take on uh, superheroes being modern day mythology. Oh yeah, sort of. Yeah,
4: yeah. I I feel like there's
3: the idea in like like Grant Morrison's uh, book um, that he wrote like the they wrote like the Justice League like the Olympian pantheon. You know, do you have any sort of like do you see Superman as kind of a you know, ex figure of mythology?
4: Yeah, I mean I think that's super clear. I mean, just the I mean everything that Grant wrote very capably, but also, yeah, I mean you you, you look at it, the Justice League and just obviously on its face see the Greek pantheon, right? I mean, mm, can, there's mm. there's the obvious parallels of who everyone is. Um you can you can you can do a similar thing for the Avengers. Yeah. Um, it's not, it's not so much a one-to-one comparison, but there are very clear roles that if you, if you, you can deconstruct them, uh, and it's not, I guess it's, it's not quite the same. Like if you, for if talking like the classic justice league versus the, yeah. like the stereotypical Avengers, which, who would you put in there? If you got like the, the classic Avengers team, it would be very similar to the movie. I guess you've got Hulk, Thor, mm-hmm. Captain America, Iron Man, um, yeah, hmm. I think I guess it's... we could put. put, put
3: right where do you see guys. I don't know. I think it's
0: well, <laughs> well, raise a Marvel lot, but I oh, think yeah, well, yeah. It, it's tricky oh, yeah. because the Greek gods are horrible, <laughs> like morally. I think they're pretty horrible. So you can, you know, you, you have their positions, sort of like, you know, with Superman like being a Zeus one, but Zeus is bad, and I think, um, yeah, I can't, I can't picture any adventures really fitting into those roles personally. Um, well, not
4: is well not in the not in the Avengers excuse me not in the adventures that they have because yeah they're like they're all serial rapists, right i mean like it's, <laughs> yeah i mean they're yeah, <laughs> yeah the whole people, and there's i mean similar stories from uh from Norse mythology they're not like
2: yeah,
4: you know we're kind of used to the idea of the of, of like capital g God being this yeah. all powerful all virtuous yeah paragon paragon of virtue mm-hmm. and that is not always how it is right <laughs> like it's when you've got a when you've got a pantheon of gods mm. like in the in the Norse mythology or or Greek Greek and Roman mythology it's it's more complicated and they're not they're not all good guys yeah um it's more they're all characters in a story <clears throat> and sometimes the stories even can conflict a bit like they're not always you can you can read different versions of of different yeah. You know if you're watching a, a movie for you know, for example, about that, that like there's different interpretations of different stories, I guess is what I'm saying. And there's the same obviously, it's the same with with uh um, with you know, modern superhero continuity, yeah. It, I, I
3: love that take because it's it that's how I think of why there's like different origins and everything. Like, I remember watching uh kind of this this video on like Aztec mythology, and it was uh, uh I'm gonna you know, butcher the pronunciation that, you know, Kexel Kotal, the big snake. And yeah, Mm -hmm. the guy was like saying like, people ask me like, which version of this myth is canon? And I'm like, that's not how mythology works. Yeah. Like,
0: I think the the closest you get to canon is like Homer. And even then it's not that clear cut. You know, I would love if there was like an Iliad for Superman (laughs) where I could go, this is, you know, but I guess Mm all-star Superman, um,
4: <laughs> but uh, yeah, I, I, I do. I, I think about that a lot. Actually, I think about how you know the only the only real difference, I guess, but well, not only, but like the uh, one prominent difference is that back in the day, when people told stories about Thor and Loki and Baldur and whatever, and told told you know these little adventures about these characters, they told them as if they were true, right? Or at least that's how we remember it. Now. Yeah. Mm-hmm. When, when when people tell a story, when somebody made up some new story about Thor and Baldur and, and Loki and those guys, I presumably they told him as if they, it was a real story. It was their history, and, yeah. Yeah, and who knows if that was actually how those things were were passed down or, or if they were just having fun the way we have fun with these stories now. But now when we when we tell a Superman story, I'm not telling – when I read those things to my son, I don't think he really believes that those things ever happened. Yeah, but um, but then but you see the the arguments online stuff or even just discussions that are just for fun. When you're talking about canon, like does this count? Is this real? Like, what is? What do you think this character really thinks about John? What I had I had a question the other day. Like, what do you? How do you think J- um, Damien feels about what happened with John and that volcano thing? Do you think that he was he was really, you know? Do you think he's Guilty that he you didn't save him while he was out there? Or do you think he's jealous because he's older and bigger now? And I mean, the the answer really is that this is all made up bullshit, right? <laughs> 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 he's, not, he's not a he's not a real person sitting somewhere feeling a certain way about anything. It's all yeah. just what we see recorded in the in the comics. Yeah. So if you so if we have not seen that express in a comic yet, you know it's it's this is all just for fun. Yeah. Um it's and Just I in the this, mind. I thought they were all kind of overthinking it. But to this person that asked that question, these characters are real. Mm. Yeah. You know, so it's being it's being passed down very much to him. these He wants to know or even Adam's question about what music he likes. You know, like to, it, to us, these characters are almost better than real. I mm-hmm. mean, they're they they exist in a way that matters. Like everyone, everyone in the whole damn world knows who Clark Kent is. You know, like more Mm -hmm. people who will never know who you and I are, (laughs) you know, (laughs) know who Clark Kent is. And they, you know, what he what this fictional character listens to, what music is their favorite and how they feel about a certain thing. Or these things matter in ways that our own real life experiences and biases don't. (laughs) Yeah. So (laughs) So, In in a way, he's transcendent. He's better than real life.
2: Oh, yeah. yeah,
1: for sure. I think also as well, I mean, the fact that uh, a lot of these superhero characters and, and Superman, obviously, no doubt as well, uh, the, the history that they have. So you may not, of course, have lived the 80 years and read every single issue, um, but there's a history that comes with the character and, and you jump in and you fall in love with the character. You get really invested. Um, so it's it's testament to, to great writing and the great character itself, um, how they uh, how writers develop that character. Um, that I think, um, yeah, it'd be a great compliment that you, you get these fans that really mm-hmm. kind of think into it and go, oh, but what does he have for breakfast? You know, it's like, well, like he's not really real, but yeah, that's right.
0: They're looking to you for the answers, you know. <laughs> yeah, um. <Right.
1: laughs> yeah, it's it's
4: yeah, that's a great responsibility that people actually, yeah, they ask me the they ask me the answers, and then when I give an answer, that that carries greater weight than their own
2: yeah like
4: that's that's just a weird feeling because to me they're to me their opinion matters as much as my own and i i um I, I really appreciate the weight that comes with people's opinions of mine carries greater weight or like when when I find out for example in the, in the last god i um i wrote that source book for people to use to make their own d and d campaigns oh wow. And he, and people have done it. If you have made their own adventures set in the world of Canaan Noon, and when that happens, I I'm dying to hear, like to read or to see what they've made, because to me that that work, you know, exists in similar ways to my. If it follows the quote unquote rules and framework that we've, yeah. seen, that we've seen there, and they they're using those regions and story and and lore, then the stories that they told are like I see them as bits of canon, you know.
2: Yeah,
3: you see, you, if you would listen to one, you'd be like, okay, yeah, that happened in that world.
4: Why
2: not? <laughs> yeah, if,
4: yeah. If it's that's very right, it, cool. If yeah. it makes sense in the context of my own headcanon, then yeah, I guess I like I like that happening. They, uh, when the DC Daily Show was around, they did a, an adventure in using that source book, and it was so cool to hear um, just how they how they interpreted my work and how they ran with it after that. It was really fun. It was like seeing some of the some of the love, like a lot of the, the coolest Lovecraftian lore stuff happened without his involvement. Yeah. Right? It happened after he was kind of out of the scene. Mm. So it's, it's cool to, um, to see how these things take, take on a life of its own afterwards. And yeah, it's pretty much tied back into your question. I feel like it's very much the way that, that original mythology kind of, kind of, uh, formed. I, um, you know, like I, I like I prefer a world in which there's no origin for the Joker. Like I don't I don't really want to know where he came from. <laughs> oh, yeah.
2: yeah,
4: yeah. I want to know, of course, the way everyone does. But now, but now, that Alan Moore story, um, with the the Red Hood stuff, just yeah. somehow that just carried greater weight than some of the other ones. Like there was there was another like equally valid take on Joker's origin in Lovers and Mad Men. But that's not the one that caught on. The one that caught yeah. on was the, the Red Hood thing.
2: Yeah. Yeah.
4: Um, Interesting. So yeah, and now that's sort of, you know, low key been, uh, you know, a, a absorbed into the history of Batman and the Joker. Like that's kind of we don't know exactly what happened, but we know it has something to do with the Red Hood apparently.
2: Yeah.
4: And I, I I would love for stuff from my run to kind of take on greater weight over this over the generations as well. That's that's kind of the, the hope is that. Um, you know when a writer's writing these these um these great characters, you want your stuff to survive mm-hmm. and to carry to carry weight and to kind of become um part of the the larger framework that becomes you know that mythology mm-hmm. yeah. yeah,
3: awesome real, what does Superman have for breakfast Avocado, <laughs> <right>? <laughs> a
0: little those cheerios
4: well when he eats it all you know, when he when he eats it's just for the appreciation of the of the food itself right it's like he needs it that's yeah. true um, it's like so a plant. so yeah I guess he doesn't I would say he is not a creature of habit he just kind of eats what a, you know something that makes him feel a certain way or makes him think of a certain memory or thing
3: yeah, yeah. um do you want to go on Connor? oh sure. Yeah.
0: So yep. uh, again, Sorry. changing gears. Sorry, I was just going through these questions. Um, so uh, obviously, like we've all read Superman the Authority here. Um, mm-hmm. and I was just wondering, you know, did that always tie into your War World, World arc? And you know, did you did you coordinate with Mister Morrison much, or what, what sort of happened there?
4: We did coordinate. And the, I mean, I not in a way that suggests I would micromanage them and that was they were putting things together, but um, I was I try to stay aware of what they were doing. Now that said, um, sometimes a month would go by, and then we would talk again, or I would get the next draft, and it's wildly different. Like Grant is Mm. uh, just a creature born of pure creativity. (laughs) I mean, it's Yeah. yeah they would come back and we're like, well, here's what I want to do. And there's this mind blowing thing. And, and sometimes that would, sometimes it wouldn't fit. And we, I'd be like, damn, I don't know if I can use that. Like, Mm. that's such a huge, crazy idea that I feel like it would (laughs) overshadow everything I'm doing in, in my, in my story. I'm not sure how I'll be able to use it to tie it into what I'm doing. Yeah. Um, or another, or sometimes another idea would come out and be like, "Damn, okay, well, that's that's what Grant wants to do." So we're gonna, you know, I'm not gonna, I've said before, like I'm not gonna tell Grant shit about how to write Superman.
2: <laughs>
4: <laughs> um, so I'll just try to make it work. There was one case of a of a huge mind bending idea that I was like, "Damn, dude, I don't know." Like I, I mean, I'm not gonna tell you what to do in your run, but if we could kind of resolve that by the end <laughs> of, of <Superman's laughs> Authority, because if that's still going on, if that's still being if that's still being addressed in my run then it kind of overshadows everything that's happening but for the for the most part i would just try to be aware of what grant was doing and try to try to keep it making sense um in the context yeah. action you know yeah. so, we were, we so we're something uh, like like that I'm like, team i'm sorry uh, go ahead
3: like, like something like the authority team that were you did you have them in mind at the beginning, or did you just kind of think like, "Hey, they would be great to come along for this ride"?
4: Yeah, there was we there was a there were two different versions of this story going forward. Is like, should we have the authority with us? Mm-hmm. And uh, there was a at a at a point there was gonna be there were gonna be a couple of different characters who went with us, and um, then I was like, no, that kind of I don't know, I just. As uh, as I as I learned more and more about Grant's story, it kind of made less sense that it would be them, and not, um, and not the team that he just put together. Mm. Uh, so yeah, it just the as time went on and I fleshed out the ideas, the story became more and more clear, and it became clear that Superman, the the, the point of the authority should be War world, because I was already setting up this conflict between him and between Superman and the Justice League.
2: Mm-hmm.
4: Um, and it became more – it made more and more sense that the reason the authority was there is to go with – because he – a big part of Grant's story from the very beginning was um, Superman um, losing a step, like getting getting weaker, and the, the authority kind of representing those lost powers. Um, he puts together a team that kind of together make up – what he was, as far as his power set uh, and his experience, um, so it made sense that he would bring the a team like the Authority with him, and not just because of their powers, but also what they represent. The idea that they're not um, they're not that same pantheon that we were just talking about. You know, they're not these yeah grade A. They're not this A team of superheroes. They're antiheroes, and many of them. And uh, it's come. Up, it's almost like this statement, like Superman is making like i can take these people and show them the best of themselves and make them a justice league because i i see the potential and the, they don't see themselves yeah. um yeah very I, I see them as this statement about what humanity can be to superman um yeah. so yeah it, it just made sense that it would be them but i but that was after a lot of conversations and just seeing grant's story take shape and all that it made more sense that he would that he would take them with him
0: i, yeah, I mean sorry I was just gonna say I'm I'm very glad that they're on War World with him. I find Superman and them teaming up is just fascinating, and I love reading it. So mm. it's awesome. it's, a,
1: yeah. it's it's refreshing, isn't it? I mean, like they're uh, they're very different. They have different dynamics to them, um, mm. and I, I also just like the fact that um, there is a big reason why the Justice League really can't go or, or don't want to go. They've got responsibilities themselves, uh, so it really does add to that feeling that Superman is relying on this kind of hodgepodge of a team to, to get him uh to get through it in, in War World. So um, yeah, fascinating characters I uh, think picked and um yeah, just yeah looking forward to um what you know, what comes comes of it.
4: Hmm. Yeah, thank you. Well I hope you still feel that way after after ten thirty seven. It's <laughs> <laughs> remember that we're playing the long game and it's not uh, the adventure as, uh, as many issues to go, and I'm really excited about where, where it's gonna go.
0: Yeah, no, definitely, yeah, definitely looking forward to it. Um, I guess sort of, sort of semi-related. Um, so, you know, we, I think we all love all Sasu Red here. I don't know if you mentioned it in your interviews and stuff, and we, we did it on the show for like 14 hours, I think was the total <laughs> of our coverage of it. Um, but I'm just wondering the personal thing. Have you read Grant Morrison's action comics run?
4: I did, yes.
0: Yeah, yeah, because, uh, well, I, I really love that, and I think out of all of Grant Morrison's work, it's a really nice companion piece to All-Star, so I was just curious, like, uh, if you'd read it, if you had any thoughts on it or anything.
4: Um, man, I'm sorry, I need, I should go back and revisit it. Um, <laughs> and that's fine. All, yeah. Can you, can so you, it you is
3: explain a, it, please?
4: <laughs> it is a companion, it is companion piece. To me, All-Star kind of overshadows it. Yeah. Uh, mm and I do, I do love, I like All Star much better, but um, it's another, you know, just a really clear and creative, um, yeah, it's just, it just shouts Grant like so much of mm. Grant's uh, Superman yeah. work. Yeah. But I, yeah, I have to go back and really pick it apart. <clears throat> yeah.
2: No. Yeah. It,
4: it's it's uh, All Star overshadows it the way it overshadows, you know. There's so much other Superman most things
2: <laughs> yeah.
3: yeah
4: yeah all-star Superman is some of the best Superman's ever been written so that's yeah. that's kind of super I see in my head yeah oh
3: yeah uh, you mentioned uh, the authority kind of replacing Superman's powers and kind of you know bringing him back up um, you know so, since the beginning of your run you've kind of been like hinting at like he's getting weaker not hinting at blatantly stating that he's been like you know getting weaker is there do you, do you think that that's, like, the right place for a Superman story in general? Like, do you have a preference of, like, this is what a Superman power level should be? Because it's fluctuated a lot throughout the years, you know?
4: It has. Um, hmm.
3: Like, I guess I'm asking, like, is there... Do you have in your mind, like, this is this is overpowered Superman. I prefer you know like a more uh, golden age can't even fly yet you know what i mean
4: yeah i do know what you mean and i i prefer him i prefer him stronger than weaker and that's, oh, interesting uh, yeah
2: i hmm no not <laughs> yeah. one I, I agree <laughs> I, I, <laughs> I mean we were just talking about I, all-star I feel,
4: yeah. super powerful yeah, yeah like i I love, yeah, I love those moments in all star where like the, like the key uh, outside the door yeah. where he's got workers. <laughs> yeah. like, Cause we're so used to seeing the, the giant ass key. Mm-hmm. And, uh, I love the idea of the, 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 little key that's so heavy that no one can lift it.
2: Yeah.
4: Um, but it's just sitting there, you know, like he doesn't have to hide it or anything because like, what are they going to do? No one can lift it. Um, And I, I you know, the, the, crazy you know there's the old you, you uh, like the
3: like the wild feats of
4: power i do <laughs> like i do yeah yeah usually i usually i tend towards the grounded and stuff not not for superman but like just in general like i like my mm-hmm. stories to be plausible even if they're about these ridiculous ludicrous things i like them to make sense and to you mm-hmm. know i don't i want you to be able to convince me that's real, not just like just some silly shit. Yeah, but with physics with, apply. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. That's like when when people say you know um you know we're watching a movie about you know, dragons and ridiculous stuff. If uh if an animal you know and, and somebody will complain like, oh well, you know, why is the why is the dragon's accent different than this other dragon or <laughs> something? some hang up on some ridiculous little detail um that you know like we're t- we're watching a movie about dragons right now bro like don't get hung up on it but it's but it's it should though like or like you know the the hulk like why does red hulk's mustache go away when he when he
2: when he, uh. when, he, when, he, when,
4: he when he hulks out stuff like that it seems like it shouldn't matter at all but um i wanted to be Treated with the kind of respect that makes it seem plausible and for it all to make sense in its using its own logic, you know. Mm. Um, yeah. With with. I Superman. respect
3: that though. So yeah, go on.
4: Sorry, go ahead. <laughs> uh, well,
2: I, I was yeah, just I was... gonna
3: say, No, you go. <laughs> <laughs> um, no, let yeah, me with... talk. I was
2: gonna.
3: <laughs> <laughs> I was gonna say I, I just respect them that you. It, it seems that you've you've. Made a decision like for this story in particular, Superman will be at this strength level. It's not just your preference. It's for the particulars of this story. It's what works best for now.
4: Yeah, and part of that is how it worked in with um, how it fit in with Grant's story. Like it was, it was important. Mm-hmm. It was important for Grant's story that uh, Superman has has lost a step power wise, and it also makes sense for the context of the formation of the Authority um because yeah. it's you know that's that's why he puts together this team he needs them he needs a team and his relationship with his lost powers is related to his relationship with the authority um as far as their physical capabilities um so that i mean i'm not going to contradict that so it became i i used that as an aspect of my run too and um i just kind of gave lip service to it at the beginning and then i kind of let readers forget about it for a while because he's still doing all this amazing shit, he kind of says, "Yeah, I can mm-hmm. still hang. I'm doing fine. I can. It's going to be okay. Just Don't tell anyone. We can't have my yeah. enemies." moving. And then, and then he goes on to do this amazing stuff, including, you know, he he literally like parts the seas and everything after that. Mm-hmm. Mm, I love that. And everyone, thank you. Yeah, it, it, everyone kind of forgets about the the power issue until suddenly they are reminded of it very forcefully in a, a more recent issue. Um. And, yeah, that, um, you know, I, I don't want to spoil where we're going, but I will say that I, I do like Superman to be to have this power that's so great It all. It doesn't make sense, except in the context of these stories. Like, I like the idea You're of a right. Superman. There's a there's a story that I like that, that, that Tom King wrote. I know people are, you know, divided on him sometimes, but I, I really well, Tom's a friend. for First and foremost, I should get that out of the way. <laughs> Tom and I are friends. I have a lot of respect for him as a person and also as a writer. And his um, he had this a Superman short story. I think it was in Superman 1000 or Action 1000, maybe. mm
1: mm-hmm. Yeah. Um, yeah. Yes, yes. Yes. Yeah.
4: He goes back <laughs> to, to Earth after it's become a lifeless, you know, hellhole, and pays final respects to his parents before Earth is consumed by by the sun. Um Then he just leaves earth forever and he's he's he's, he's talking to them he he like he leaves a thing at their at their grave or something, and he speaks to them one last time um before moving on with john and and lois wherever they are and he he looks exactly the same like he's this he saw the costume he still has the hair just exactly exactly like it is now he looks exactly like the rest of us he's still speaking english he's he's his old self and he's doing this amazing shit. And I, he, I love the idea that after Earth goes away, he will still be there and he will be unchanged. Um, yeah. At least, you know, he will still see him that way. I get, even the House of L thing, like I, D.C. wanted him to match the way he was designed for this other story that he was in. There's another uh, future State story in which he was old and he kind of had the ceremonial looking costume. Right. Um, if it was completely up to me. And if I was writing the story in a vacuum that did not cross over with other stories, I would have him looking young still, like looking <laughs> completely unchanged. This like He just comes of age, and once he once he's in his 30s or whatever, he doesn't really age after that. I love the idea that he is this timeless thing that can just literally do anything.
2: Yeah,
4: like that's, these old, yeah, old like, comics I have in which he, um, <laughs> he just goes back in time – I um I saw it recently online and I forgot I forgot I actually have that issue where he he just he flies up into the air and you see these he's flying through these rings and each one has a has a decade on it and he's mm-hmm. going back in time because he just because he fucking can <laughs> um, and I just love that I love that he can just do anything but he still uses these powers for you know in such a you know a humble kind compassionate way even though he can do literally anything
2: yeah
1: yeah yeah. Yeah, you put it, um, I'm just trying to recall it, uh, the, um, what was it, the, the Superman issues um, with that alien race. I mean, you put it up really well. Um, there's this idea about Superman, why, you know, he should be, he's got the power, he should be feared, because that culture of that alien race, they uh, they almost celebrate. Um, oh, the goo people? Yeah, yeah. yeah. Um, oh, yeah. Sorry.
4: If, and, uh, <laughs> Superman. Superman 30 through 32, like yes. the, the one, the one who fell. Yeah. yeah.
1: Yes. Yeah, that was really good. And those, uh, I think you you coined it really well in the fact that he's got all this power, but um, what makes him good and great is is not, but not necessarily the power, but he would actually, you know, give his all you know, to save someone. Um, and you know, I think that that's really cool because it's coupled with the, I guess, the enormity of his power or what he can do, um, but just how humble he is as well. Yeah. Um. I, I found the parallels between that, uh, those conversations that John had as well with that alien race is really cool because they have a, a distinctly different culture. Um. And um. Yeah. John and and uh. Clark were going. They're going through stuff as well about you know taking over the mantle. Um. So yeah. No. I I think you you framed him really well in that in that arc.
4: Thank you so much, man. Yeah. I um. Yeah. I I feel like he should be really powerful if he if he's just. If he's more, at, if he's at a power level more like the, the beginning of like the Man of Steel film, where he's still kind of mm-hmm. getting it together. Yeah. Like, if you, you get the impression in that film that if you were to hit him with a nuke or something, he would die. Right. There, like there are, there are mm. physical limitations, and that he's still he's very powerful, but yeah. he's uh, not without his limits. And I feel like the contrast is not as great then. I if he um, he's like the living. Contradiction to the absolute power corrupts absolutely, and if he if he doesn't have absolute power, it makes that contrast less stark. Or if he is less yeah. if he is less compassionate or humble, or if he is less powerful or whatever, it just makes the contrast less great. And he he mm. ceases yeah. he, sees, he ceases to become that philosophical statement that I like him to be, even while he's even while we're seeing who he is as a human being. Um, I want to also see him as this. You know this mm. thing that we should all aspire to be. You know, he's just this, mm-hmm. the, you know, the purest version of himself.
0: Do you feel yeah. um him being like less powerful when he's younger, but sort of getting to that state when he's older? Is that how you envision it, or do you envision it as he was always that powerful from the get-go?
4: No, I don't. Um, yeah, I, I guess I see him as, as arriving to it. Um, yeah. As far as his power, but also the the lessons that he learned with the Kents hmm. and all that. But he wasn't; yeah. like he was this, that was that was made. Uh, he's genetically he's from Krypton, but he became who he was with the Kents. Yeah. And um. So yeah, I, I I do like the idea of him of of seeing him. I mean, he was always inherently good, but he he, he got his values from the Kents, and his power sort of, you know, came. Yeah. And but now, so like, where, where he's at now? I see him as his kind of this guy who's kind of been all these places he's gone everywhere and done everything, seen mm. it all done it all. although he doesn't see him that way he still sees himself as being as not having he he's he sees his own limitations and he sees everything that he doesn't know and he sees himself in a very humble way but to us he's seen it all and done it all and has this insane power mm, yeah um, <laughs> but yeah not all not having not always been there that's something that he kind of grew into and
0: I, I I love that too. He's you know he, he's hard on himself and he's still humble. Everyone else sees him as the pinnacle of everything, but to him, you know, he's just a guy. And I think I think that's great.
2: Yeah,
4: um, it's it's important that he see his own shortcomings and that he's trying to make himself better. You know, he's that he um, like the the guy that he talks about in um, in the op-ed article in Worlds of War. He's talking about the the homeless man who died.
2: Yeah.
4: Um. To me, that 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 man represents who Superman is trying to be. Like this this person who um, just got knocked down over and over and over and over again throughout their life, and just kept doing everything they could with their extremely limited capabilities yeah. and limited resources to do to make the world better, and just failed over and over again, but never stopped trying. That is the person that Superman that Superman aspires to be. Yeah. Awesome.
0: Um. So
1: we mentioned.
0: Uh, sorry, who was gonna?
1: Oh no, I was about to <laughs> segue into speaking of um, being inspired by. <laughs> Wait, are we talking... Uh, oh, All yeah. right, go on. Oh, uh, yeah, Philip, just about Mongol. <laughs> <laughs> uh, <laughs> no, no, just uh, I guess the question here. I'm I'm just riffing off um, the prompt sheet we have here, Philip. Right, yeah, Philip. <laughs> so Phillip, so uh, yeah, Mongol and War World. Um, so this is uh, awesome. Like this is this is great. I mean. Mm. Connor and I, and, and Adam, I'm sure we love Mongol. Uh, so he's such a brutal character. Um, yeah, I mean, I guess why? Why Mongol? Why, why choose this villain? <laughs> um,
4: well, part of that is the, the context in which I'm taking over the, the run. Like the fact that, mm-hmm. you know, I have the authority in the action comics because they're in Grant's book. Um, and I, I, want, I try to make a story that made sense. That, that would make sense of that. That would continue, just kind of pick up that ball and run with it. Yeah. Uh, the ball that was thrown to me, you know. And same thing with Mongol, in a way, um, because Mongol was, was featured very prominently in, in Bendis's run. And Bendis mm-hmm. killed Mongol, you know, Mongol Classic, and, and brought in <laughs> uh, Mongol's son. And that was kind of exciting to me, um, because... Mongol, I've always liked the potential of Mongol more than the execution. Not always. I mean, I love (laughs) that for the the man who has everything. Yeah. yeah, is amazing. And there's other stories that have happened in which he's very scary and super cool. Um, But I always want to see more of him. I want to see how Mongol is different. I want to see how his motivations are different, how his history is different, what makes them distinct and not just a random one-dimensional bad guy you can just plug into any story. Mm -hmm. Like, how is how is Mondo different than Thanos or Darkseid, or even people who are? You don't look physically the same. Like uh, there's so many, you know, uh, the shorthand of comics in the past has relied so much on just visual stereotype. Like, oh, this is a this is a bad guy. Yeah. They look evil. They use yeah. secondary colors instead of primary. They're they're super big <laughs> and muscly. Um, they just seem to be evil just because they want to be powerful um they want to rule everything just because that's what bad guys do um it can be very boring and kind of pointless like oh no there's a big guy he's bigger than the hero <laughs> like look yeah. out! Yeah. <laughs> he's gonna punch super hard and he's got a you know blasty thing in his chest i want to see why this person why should i give a shit you know like it's there, we've seen superman just you know, there was there was a moment a couple of years ago where Superman was just super mad, and he just he just he just flew away and he found Mongol and just beat the shit out of him just because. <laughs> and um, I guess I want to know why this Mongol is a threat. Why I should care about their motivations, where they like their history, their personal history. And I also want to see Warworld as a place that's not just a big round metal thing with guns sticking out of it. <laughs> not, yeah. i don't want to see a death star i want to see or just a yeah i want to see something that matters i want to see something yeah. that's war worlds should be terrifying
2: yeah
4: and, mm. and it should be really old and it should have this crazy history and it should have thousands of cultures living on it all kind of in this crazy melting pot of slavery and suffering and um yeah, there's just so much potential. And oh, absolutely. The, the idea of the War Zunes, uh this culture that's just built around the concept of dominance, the way that the Fremen in Dune are built around the concept of water scarcity. Mm. What would that look like? Hmm. Uh, would there be just one race of, of war zoons as one culture where they all speak the same language and they all get along and they're all on the same page? <laughs> yeah. I, yeah. I would argue no. Yeah. You know I want to see – I mean we're not. I mean there's not like the – we don't have a common tongue where we all just mm. yeah. speak English and we all fight for the better, betterment of mankind or like we all have one singular purpose. Uh, we all have – we fight all the time and and even even amongst ourselves, even on – even in my, my county school boards, <laughs> let alone like uh-huh. – let alone state to state or nation to nation or continent to continent. and We're all like – there's these huge conflicts. And we've got this this culture based around dominance. Um, it makes sense to me that it would be a very messy place to live, and that the politics would be very complicated. Mm. And I want to see that. So, and uh, and how does somebody like Mongol grow out of a uh, of a place like that? And how does a person like what is the imagine one person who rules that entire planet in a way that no one has been able to do on Earth? Yeah, you know, like it's a, a greater despot a more more terrifying warrior and dictator than Genghis Khan able to do something that that guy never did yeah something yeah something that Alexander the Great was never able to do yeah um,
1: uh, so yeah that's, what, that's and, how I see it. yeah I mean you, you talked about earlier on about plausibility uh, and like the stories that you like to read um, having those I, I found like the devils in the details with uh, a lot of the the stories that you've done uh, especially on war world as well and mm-hmm. and you know that potential, as you're saying, that war world can can be. Um, yeah. I think it just adds it, like the detail that you put in. Uh, so having read like a lot of your of your stuff, um, you give it that credibility because there are like, you know, there's consideration to what this culture does. Um, also similar to how you wrote um, the Empire of, of the Shadows uh, in um, the Batman Superman um, special, uh, oh, thank- and how. Yeah, how they, how they're kind of you were talking about how Mongol and and um, war world and war zones are like dominance, that that in their culture. This thing about the Empire of Shadows being absolutely the top tier. Um, I don't know what you call it? Uh, dominators or invaders? You know, uh, branching out beyond their world. Mm. They've done everything. Actually, branching into the multiverse and um, trying to get um, Earth Zero. Um, but yeah, I just the fact that. I guess with a lot of your, your sci-fi elements, and I, and I love it because this is inherently just a Superman cosmic adventure, and I love Superman cosmic adventures, um, just the details with with the cultures, uh, the alien races, languages, technology. Yeah, it's all there. So, um, yeah, no, it's really good.
4: Thank you so much, man. I cannot wait for you to see what's coming. <laughs> I mean, the um, Miguel, <laughs> Miguel Mendonca put in some great work on these next two issues, 1037, 1038. Nice. And then um these are the these are the big ones. These big issues were all like it all we see the big the big fight that we've been building to all year mm, cool. between the Authority and Mongol and his champions. Um and then after that we see that's when the world building and all the sword and sandal stuff really start to take hold. And that's when Ooh. Ricardo Federico comes on board, the artist from the Last God who worked with me on that book.
2: Oh nice. And,
4: that dude is just born to do this. I'm I'm getting paid. pages of rolling right <laughs> now, and I just can't handle how good it is. I mean, every page I get, I just I'm just giggling like a little kid. Like I just can't uh-huh. believe how it looks. I oh, can't it's... wait for you to see.
1: It just it must never get tiring to see that lot. Like, just the stuff that you put in words just get translated lots uh, a beautiful art.
4: <laughs> yeah, it's it's so cool. I'm so blessed with artists, but Ricardo is like another level. From I mean, he's he's mm-hmm. he's too good for comics. Almost, it's <laughs> <laughs> just, just insane. I mean, I, I can't believe how good he is. Um, yeah, I I don't know what to say except that it's the best, some of the best shit I've ever seen. If you've seen, if you saw that, um, the Worlds of War Variant covers that Ricardo did, every, yeah. series, every yes, every page looks that good. Like oh my god, yeah. Wow, they're gorgeous. Well, th- thirty ten
1: thirty seven ten thirty eight. Listeners, look out for it. Jeez. Yeah. <laughs> uh, so
0: yeah. Uh, yeah. speaking of Mongols' henchmen, so they're quite they're quite interesting. Like they're not just they're not just you know sort of stock war <laughs> zones. Um, so is there like I don't know? They're also varied and diverse. Is there um is there a particular sidekick you're like really excited to show us? You know.
4: Oh. Um. <laughs> Man, yeah, I really, man, I hate to pick favorites.
2: <laughs>
4: <laughs> I'm pretty stoked about Orphan and Darling. They're, uh, very, they're very important. That's, that's the yeah, big... That's, that's, that's the one that I'm
3: most excited about is I, I can't figure out their dynamic between the two.
4: Right, yeah, it's the gigantic gorilla thing and then the, the, baby, yeah. the baby that basically controls it. Mm.
2: Um,
4: and... um yeah, it's like this this weird dynamic of the baby is like both controller and prisoner, and the the and darling is is combination of, of infant and destroyer, and as all infants are, I guess. Um, yeah. <laughs> but yeah, there, there's these all these things, all these characters have very distinct um, origins, and most most of them um, are wrapped up in. Mongol's origin as well. Starting in issue 1040, the backups are going to be um, stories about Mongol and his champions.
1: Oh, ah, nice! And
4: so it's going to be—it's going to you know, give us more reason to care about those characters and see where they come from and, and how Mongol became what he is. I mean, so I'm really, really excited for that.
0: Yeah, no, soon we got to get a Mongol ongoing. I can feel it.
4: Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Do it, DC. Yeah. No, that, that's. <laughs>
0: That's awesome. Well, um,
4: I mean, that's, that's, um, without spoiling it, we're going to see a lot more Mondal in action for, for a good bit.
0: Yeah. Yes. Very I mean, I, nice. I've told people I'd take like 200 issues in Warworld, you know, because um, it's a whole planet, <laughs> right? So it, it's basically the size of the uh, yeah.
4: Oh, God. I, I could totally do a Warworld book and just write it forever. <laughs> <laughs> There's so much there, There's so much there that I'm not going to have time to even show you. Yeah. And I'm going to, I'll be showing you as much as I can um Just concisely, as we as we go through the Superman story that's happening there. But uh, I really, really hope that, I mean, as as people have kind of used the source book in Kane and Canaan Noon and Last God and made their own adventures, I would love for other writers to to take what we're take the seeds yeah. that we're sowing in, in action and and do other stuff there because there's so much potential in it's, War World. I mean, it's this place is this it's a preserve of hmm. of conquered species that are otherwise. Yeah. Aside from Warworld now extinct, like a species that exist nowhere but on Warworld now.
0: Is that? It's kind uh, of sounds like a sort of reverse of Superman's um, Zoo, you know, where he preserves.
4: Exactly. Yeah. yeah. Exactly. Just like that, where like it's Warworld, you know, or like the Brainiac thing, where they you know, take a yeah. little civilization and and just collect them, you know. That's what That's what Warworld has done. Not not by design. And he's just—they're just stealing resources and conquering and killing and all that. But then, as they—but as they take these slaves, what they're in—in in, in effect, doing is preserving these dead, these now, these newly destroyed mm-hmm. cultures. Um. So yeah, pretty pretty cool to get to show some of that.
3: Yeah, very yeah. cool. I I do love how I think you're tackling it just right when you talk about, you know, why care in this like villain versus hero if it's just like a, a fight I think you're tackling it just right as it's, you see Superman as this one point of view and then Mongol as this total antithesis of the whole, his whole thing, you know?
0: Yeah, they're opposites mm. I love it, Yeah,
3: yeah. I mean it's one yeah. of the reasons I like uh,
4: Mongol um, I want him to be his true, I want him to be Superman's true opposite in a yeah. way that you know, even even more so than than characters like Darkseid, I mean mm. um, somebody, because Darkseid kind of has his own thing, it's not that it's yeah. not that he's the, the anti-Superman. He's a completely independent character. He his, has his own his own needs and wants.
2: Yeah.
4: Um, and I want Mongol to be like the the real the real Joker to his Batman.
3: Mm, awesome. That's awesome. Cool. It's it's so <laughs> exciting to to see somebody when they take somebody and and really try to convince you. No, listen. This is why he's the actual biggest yeah. threat there there can be. Yeah.
4: Yeah, I, somebody who has this, who's built this entire cult of slavery around themselves. And, um, whereas Superman is all, is, is the living embodiment of compassion and humility. Mm. Uh, you know, people say, people talk about hope and, and, and hope too. I, you know, not to say that hope does not, is not also a valid one word summary of Superman, but for me it's compassion and humility. Yeah. Mm-hmm. But, 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 let's, but let's take all three of those words compassion, humility, hope. You've got Mongol who has formed this cult of slavery, this hopeless, you know, just completely hopeless, where they, not only are they, do they all wear a chain, but they're all, they're addicted to it. They love yeah. it. They, they don't want to lose it. Um, mm. all, this, the war, the war zone culture of dominance, where it's all about, um, you know, I am I am stronger than you, and I'll show you. Um, it's the the anti compassion, humility approach. Mm. Um, and Mongol is the one who holds all chains, the one who's who's built this whole thing. Um, so yeah, to me, he's the anti Superman. Yeah, nice. awesome,
3: very nice.
0: Um, so going back to orphan and darling, uh, the the baby in the jar really reminded me of uh, <laughs> Mike Mignola's work. The sort of oh, yeah. like creepy gorillas and stuff is, is that was that like a influence or was it just complete accident? Um,
4: um I'd say both. I'd yeah, say it's it's not it wasn't a direct it wasn't a deliberate influence, but I am obsessed with Manuel's work. Yeah, um, nice and Del Toro as well. Um, it's just I I don't know why those guys. I mean, maybe it's just Hellboy, but it seems like those those guys. Uh, their visions are somehow intertwined with me like i mm. both the, the way they they combine the gothic with the sci-fi with the yeah the old creepy grimm's fairy tale kind of thing mm. uh, but you know but in the context of lovecraft and and um and horror and i don't know like yeah i yes mignola is a huge influence but i didn't i was not trying to deliberately pull from mignola for that for that design
2: yeah, no, I and mean, it, I, I love this. It yeah. looks
4: even more, it looks even more Mignola when seen by when when seen drawn by Phil Hester too. Right. Yeah. Like the way way Hester approaches the spot blacks and the angular lines and everything.
0: I think you should lobby for a Hellboy Superman crossover because it hasn't been
4: one. <laughs> I'm waiting
0: for it. <laughs>
4: huh? That would be kind of cool. That would be that would be awesome actually. I like that idea.
0: Yeah. No, it's great. Yeah, because it hasn't happened. Yeah, so. Um, and just, uh, a couple of, a couple of quick ones. Let's we'll see what else is it. Yeah, this is on the list, but I was just really curious. I, I know this is a bit silly considering what we talked about earlier, but in your, I guess, headcanon for writing, you know, Superman and Mongol is for the man who has everything part of their history.
2: Hmm.
4: <laughs> hmm. I mean, my, my, my snap at, my knee jerk reaction is yes. Yeah. Mm-hmm. I'm trying to think if there's reasons why that wouldn't make sense. Um, that Robin in that story is Jason Todd, right? Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, to me, that's canon.
2: Yeah. <laughs> cool.
0: Cool. It, I mean, it's my second favorite Superman story ever, so I'm uh, But I just thought, since it's such a crucial, it's like the most crucial, I think, interaction between the two characters before your run i was just curious yeah uh, i mean the
4: the thing i guess if there's anything about it that doesn't make sense it's this the idea with the um the almost silver agey kind of idea of i know it's not silver age but like the, the idea of those guys going to the to the fortress and like happy birthday we brought yeah, you a yeah, yeah. yeah. <laughs> it's, just, it's just kind of this old school approach to superheroing where this kinder gentler kind of story in that doesn't make sense with now with the with things like Warworld and Death you know, uh Dark Knight's metal and so, it's just such a different
2: yeah uh, mm. for those
4: characters. It's um yeah. But but yeah, to me it definitely feels like canon. I or it it's it should be and I in my in my heart of hearts it is, you know. Yeah. Yeah.
0: I mean they call it the forces of solitude, but there's always a lot of people there. <laughs>
4: Yeah, they're just walking in like yeah, surprise
0: first <laughs> day. <laughs> so unless Adam or Ray had anything else to add, I was going to go to my last question.
3: Mm-hmm. No, go for
0: it. No, yeah. All right. So a complete gear shift, going all the way back to Kong, uh, Gods of Skull Island. I oh God, I don't know how much you remember about this, but the in the ending, you know, they've been fighting to get free and stuff, but in the ending, Kong just carries off Mary, one of the characters. <laughs> And I kind of yeah, read that, I and I was like, "Oh," and I'm like, I, "I mean, is she okay, or is like which Kong is this that we're dealing with exactly? Um, <laughs> you know,
4: which Kong is it? What do you mean?
0: Uh, like, is this like the 1930s movie Kong? Is this your own
4: thing, or is this? It's 1930s movies, movie Kong. Yeah. Okay. Again, like in, in my again, we're talking headcanon again. But to me, this is a is a forerunner. <clears throat> you know the the protagonist of that story is a howard hughes type
2: yeah
4: i right. who's around before the events of the original uh film right yeah because um,
0: i yeah that, that was just a shocking ending i'm like oh he just carried her off i hope she's all right
4: <laughs> yeah uh, well i mean she's alive for for a bit but <laughs> but yeah, yeah like <laughs> but yeah mary does not exactly come out super great in that story like this yeah.
2: the
4: whole the whole story is this guy trying to it, Trying to find his legacy, trying to um, <clears throat> trying to build his legacy before he dies. Yeah. <clears throat> Excuse me. Um, realizing that he's dying and it's too late and he's failed. I mean, he's this, this multimillionaire, you, you know, top of the world guy who's like, no, nah, I didn't do what I wanted to with my life. Tries to kill himself, tries to fly his plane into a storm and die
2: Yeah.
4: And, uh, on his own terms and finds Skull Island and tries to colonize it. Yeah. Um, and you know he goes out there with builders and teachers and and missionaries and tries to civilize the the natives and their you know bring bring their gods to him and they and they realize that no no they've got their own gods there they're they're just fine they don't they don't want they don't want any they don't want our gods they have their own right and in the in the, in the ending is this statement of you know kong rules here not us like I've yeah. now, yeah. now I've now I've truly failed. Like this is where I tried to make this my legacy, and I I came up against this god of the of the ancient world and lost. And mm. so yeah, Kong just definitively wins in, in the end and just carries off Mary, and it, it kind of sees the idea that you know later when he when he finds when Kong sees uh, the character from the original film. Yeah. Mary has presumably died, and he sees his next, the next his, his next toy, his next next mm. woman that he that he desires. Interesting. Uh, kind of reminds him of his last pet that has died and kind of made him sad.
0: Yeah, I mean, hopefully he he treats her well, you know. Um, I mean, God, I, I'm such a huge Kong fan. I, this could be like a Kong interview, but I won't go any further because uh, you've got to run. So. Yes. But, yes, I've even seen the yeah. Mighty Kong 90s musical. It's terrible. It's
1: <laughs> <laughs> uh, crazy, crazy. Oh, but yeah. before we go as well, just a quick one, Philip, if I can ask, because I missed out at the beginning. Uh, what's your favourite Bach
4: piece? My favourite Bach piece?
1: <laughs> oh. <Yeah. laughs> Was that what uh, you talked about? Oh, <laughs> no, no. uh, sort of. Yeah, we we'll talked we'll
4: talk about Bach for a minute. Um, I like Partita number 2 a lot for violin. Okay. Uh, it's not one that people pull out very very often, yeah. Um, but it's really fun to play. Actually, I, I used to play a lot of Bach violin pieces on my trumpet or flugelhorn. Oh wow! Because they because they suit they suit one line you know one one note instruments very well. Yeah. And it, I mean they're I mean not to say they're not devilishly hard to play on a, on yeah. a wind instrument they are on brass, but it was it was good practice. <clears throat> it's good practice oh. for brass, and it's, it's the music. The lines are so beautiful. Yeah, uh, but uh, man, I don't know. I I don't know if I could say that's my favorite though, because oh, I mean I compared compared to stuff like that first cello suite mm-hmm. or um, Air on the G String
1: or yeah, I I got um Rostropovich's, um cello suites um, that he played, brilliant stuff. Anyway,
4: <laughs> yeah, so I guess. Man, if I had to pick one favorite though, damn dude, I don't know. There's so much Bach.
1: <laughs> I know, yeah, that's it, yeah.
4: Um, cello, cello suite. Cello that's suite?
1: Cello,
4: the first, first cello suite.
1: Excellent. Oh, nice one. Yeah, I'd, I'd, I'd go with the Goldberg variations myself. But that's a, yeah,
4: that's a great one.
1: Yeah,
4: yeah. Yeah, there's <laughs> so. Yeah, that, that's I could. Man, I don't know. Now I got. <laughs>
1: now
4: probably. Going down the, the rabbit hole now yeah. but You can't, but we'll you can't the, take it back.
0: <laughs> we'll get the kong Bark sequel to this interview. <laughs> yeah, um.
4: yeah. First first fellow suite, final answer. Okay. Cool. <laughs> cool,
1: excellent.
3: Yeah, to wrap up, everybody, what you have to take away from this is read Kong, listen to Buck.
1: <laughs>
3: no, but uh, seriously, um, you know, action comics, mm. Alien you're writing, Yep. You know, even for, uh, if anyone's like looking for a Christmas gift, get there's some like more standalone, non superhero stuff. Kill a mm. Man's really good. Get someone to kill a man for a Christmas mm. gift. Nice. You know, is there anything else you want to mention? A plug before we go?
4: Oh, thanks. Well, I mean, the, the Last God hardcover is out now, and I'm super mm. proud of that. Um, like that's, it's probably the longest, um, yeah, well, it's my it's my largest creator-owned work, and I'm super proud of that book. I mean, that's all with Ricardo Federici's amazing artwork. He's the guy who's done yes. the Action Comics in January, like I was talking about.
2: Uh-huh.
4: Um, that art, even if you don't read a word that I've written. That art in in The Last God is just yeah, transcendent. I, I I can't believe how good it is. Buy
3: buy that to to check out what's coming, because it'll it'll blow your mind and be like, wow, yes. this is going to be on Superman. Nothing has been Honestly. like this on Superman
4: before. <laughs> yeah. The hard, the hardcover has an unthinkable amount of content. There's 13 yeah. issues in there. Plus the D and D source book, which even if you don't, even if you don't play tabletop games, it's just tons and tons of lore about what, what is in the, what's under the hood. As far as the, the, that world that the story is, uh, is set in every issue has got four to six pages of back matter as well. Like short stories and journal entries and texts, and ancient songs and all kinds of shit. Yeah. Um, I'm super proud of that book, so I guess I would plug that. Um, things that are coming out soon, um, as this is about, I'm not. When are you guys? When, uh, when are you planning on hearing this?
1: Uh, it would be in oh. I don't know mid mid this week. If, if there's a preference, we can put it out whenever. Yeah, like, oh, We well,
4: <laughs> yeah. yeah. up to yeah. you. So uh, around around the time this comes out, uh, the Gotham City Villains story is also coming out. Mm-hmm. Um, that's I've got a Rachel Ghoul story in that in that anthology also oh. with Ricardo actually Ricardo does a Ra's al ghoul Batman story with me Oh um and it's freaking beautiful of course it's about a it's about a chess game between Batman and and Ra's. you're not literally watching the chess game all the way through the story like yeah. you just, uh, there's, a, there's a lot of action too but there's a chess game that also features prominently cuz I've always liked I like the visual of of Batman and Rage playing playing chess yeah uh, so and I played a lot of chess when I was a kid that was very meaningful like I, my dad and I were not super close, but that was one thing that we did bond on. So it's
2: kind
4: of a little tribute to that. Um, so that's in there. And um, action 1037 just hit as well, and that's the fight of the century we've been building to all week or uh, all year rather. So hope you enjoy.
1: Cannot wait. Fantastic. Acid.
0: Yeah. yeah. Um, yeah Everyone oh, listening. Yeah. That that last God hardcover is like for the content it has is really good value. There's a lot of stuff in there, mm-hmm. so you know. And obviously, um, yeah, World Rising pick up pick up Action Comics 1036. It's just started the new arc. Uh, check check out all that stuff. It's really awesome. And thanks so much, uh, Mr. Johnson, for
4: coming yes, on thank here you. and chatting with us. Yeah, of course, my pleasure. It's great to meet you guys, and thanks so much for all the support you've been been giving us. I, I really deeply appreciate it. Thanks so much for your support, and glad you're digging the stories and. Please keep reading. Some cool stuff coming. No worries.
0: Yeah, Thank no, you. We, awesome. we love it. Um, otherwise, we wouldn't be supporting it. <laughs> <You know? laughs> um, no, no, that came out harsh. Yeah, keep no, up the good um, work. <laughs> <laughs> yes. Yeah, it was... It, <laughs> Thank you, guys. Really, yeah. Could talk you year off for ages, so, um, yeah. Well, Thanks again. Do it again. Awesome. Yeah, awesome. All right, take Thank care. All right. Bye. Thanks. Bye. 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 Superman and all other characters in these comics are properties of DC.